0: Good morning, my name is Rosemary Blasucci. For those of you that do not know me, I have been a part of HOPE since June 2012. (sighs) Feels like forever ago, but... Before HOPE, my church life was scattered. I remember attending a few different types of churches when I was younger, but we mostly went to Catholic mass the majority of my life. After feeling disconnected and lost and looking for another church, I talked to a high school friend of mine, Bridget, who happens to be uh, now Pastor Josh's sister-in-law. It's kind of funny. And um, she told me about Pastor Josh's uh, church. And I said, okay, I'm searching. I was invited, right? That's how it starts. So I had no reservations and I said, come on, John, let's go. (laughs) Um, John and I were dating at the time. Feels like forever ago right now, but it wasn't that long ago. And um, I was dragging him, I remember this is not in the script or whatever, but I was dragging him to different, am I loud? <laughs> I so loud. Okay, thank you. Um, I was dragging him to different churches because I was like, okay, let's go to this church and let's go to this church and let's go to this church. And then I don't remember, you have to tell me, because I, I, I have a horrible memory. And I was like, I think I stopped going. I was like, I don't know what I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I just knew that God is. I've always had faith in God, and I don't know where it came from. I don't. I don't. I think it just was instilled in me. The Holy Spirit was there and was just like nudging and nudging and nudging, just like don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. You'll find something one day. <laughs> one day you'll find it, and I did. So anyway, that's why I'm here at Hope. But um, one thing that was really super easy for me was serving. So that's how I started. So I remember going to our first um, serving event. It was the Prospect Park 4th of July event. <laughs> I don't remember serving that many times in church besides like singing in the choir. But, um, and like I, in the choir, like I never in front. I was always in the back, up high. Nobody could see me. I was comfortable there. <laughs> this is not comfortable. So anyway, we were at the Prospect Park for the July event and we were guarding the bounce house. The bounce house. I do not, I've always grown up with children, never thought about it before. But it's an important job, just very undesirable. Nobody wants to do this job. I think we did it for like two years in a row or maybe three and then we're like, we're done. We're not doing that again. But anyway, uh, so uh, the two big moments for me in my beginning journey at Hope, was seeing Joshua Peterkin every Sunday, specifically with worship serving. And I was like, I wish I could do that. Get up in front of people and sing and you know, just share a gift that I thought I had. I did not have the confidence to do. So seeing Josh and knowing that I've always been led by music inspired me to tr- the first start to serve. So I talked to Pastor Josh. Uh, well, I'm sorry, I forgot. So, music has always been a constant in my faith experiences. So, like, everything else could have let me down people, people talking or whatever, but music never lets me down. It always inspires me, encourages me, builds me up. It's like, yeah, you can, I can talk about music forever. So, um, I spoke with Pastor Josh, and he told, and I told him, like, I feel led singing. I also think it was partly because I'm a people pleaser. I want to say that I'm a former people pleaser, because I'm working on that, but I was like, wait, Josh Peterkin's doing it every Sunday. Like, he doesn't get a break, and anyway, I don't think that was my intention, but you know, it comes in, it creeps in there. So I said to Josh, like, how do you get in front of people and do this? Like, and then I didn't even know that he was so introverted. Sorry, Josh. I'm just like, Talking about you, but like you're not here. Um, and I said, like, how do you do that? First, like, get up in front of people. I remember in college, I had my education classes, and, I, and we had to present in front of you know people, even kids. I mean, I don't like being in front of all the kids and their eyes, and they're like they're looking at me. I'm supposed to like encourage them. I'm supposed to teach them, like, It's too much pressure. It's just too much pressure. I really enjoyed small groups. So I was like, yeah, can I have the reading small groups? Can I do that? Like, that's what I'm comfortable with. I want to stay here, you know. Anyway, so, and Pastor Josh is not here, but I wish I could say, like, is this what you said to me? Because I don't remember all the words. But one thing was very clear. Um, He said, well, and I forgot, like, so I said to myself, why am I doing this? (laughs) Like, I don't want to do this. So Pastor Josh told me that he prayed before each message. And the one thing I do remember, I think, he said, not me, you. Not me, you. And I was like, okay, so if this is not me, I can get up here and do this. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it, right? So I told God, if this was not me, then I could do it. And it helped me realize that God gave me a gift and I could use him. Even though I would still be rather sitting where you are, <laughs> singing my heart out, perfectly comfortable instead of in front of you, still to this day, I would rather be talking to a friend about what's on my heart, this message, than up in front of all of you. But this was not of me. This was from God. And he asked, and I answered apprehensively. <laughs> so, okay, so I wanted to have a little fun with you all, and because I'm very extroverted, so if you're, you feel like you lead towards extroverted, raise your hand if you want okay. If you're more introverted, then raise your hand. (laughs) You don't have to if you don't want to. Well, that's it. I mean, that's, like, even. That's cool. Well, I just wanted to say that, like, even if you are extrovert, introvert, or whatever you, you bring to this world, God has a way for you to serve. And John and I, my husband, very different people. He's very introverted. But you see him up here playing the drums where he's comfortable. I don't feel comfortable up here, but I'm up here because... God put this on my heart. So anyway, serve in whatever capacity you feel led because God is calling each of us to do something. So just wanted to say that. Okay, before I tell you what led to this specific message, I need to fill in some gaps. So I don't remember my biological father. He has not been involved in my life and I probably have like two memories of him. One is not even like a memory, it's a picture. So my twin sister and I, Mary Beth, are walking. We could be like one. And he's laying on the ground facing us. You know, so that's one. My second is, um, I, we were in grade school. I can't remember how old I was. And um, my aunt and my great-grandmother said, do you want to go to your father's father's funeral? So my grandfather, and I think we said yes. Because <laughs> I'm very curious. But. So my great-grandmother, I love her. Uh, She said, that's your father. She said it very sarcastically, (laughs) you know, you can imagine. I was like, what am I doing here? Anyway, so that's my two memories of my father, my biological father. Then, um, my mom. So, my mom was present as much as she could. She had a mental illness of paranoid schizophrenia, which made it difficult to be a parent. Honestly, I felt I had to parent her more than she really parented me. One thing she always made clear was that she loved me and for a long time I questioned it, saying to myself, how can she? She couldn't take care of me and she wasn't present for a lot of my life. I'm so glad I worked on these feelings of anger because it would have held me back. And also, her life was cut very short. So I'm glad God gave me, I'm so thankful for God for giving me that time to really work through all those feelings. It's funny because I didn't feel anger towards my father. I honestly was very numb to it. My aunt and great grandmother took uh, guardianship of my siblings and I was when I was around 10. It was like our first stable home because we would go back and forth with them all. My aunt was 19 years old. She sacrificed her young adulthood to keep our family together. It's something I'm still in awe about, and I'm so thankful for, for her in our lives. Um, so <laughs> so my, um, my first real father figure is my Uncle Skip, who came in my life when I was 17. Now everybody knows what 17-year-olds are like, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, Skip. I was not nice to this man. <laughs> and, I, and I remember telling, like, I just remember telling myself, I do not need you in my life. No. You do not need to be (laughs) here. So I'm sorry, Skip. I love you. So my kids call him Pop Up. So, you know, I think we have a good relationship now. (laughs) Anyway, so something he said that always, he says it frequently and it always like, I don't know how to answer this question. He says, how could somebody give up four beautiful children? I don't have an answer for this. And it's not me to have an answer. So, but I do know that God has led me on this journey of discovery and a pathway to him. So, in 2019, the Samaritan's First mission team came and spoke about their experiences and shared such wonderful stories and these talkbacks always make me cry. Not a surprise. I'm a very emotional person. I try to hold it back, but sorry, I'm not sorry, it's who I am. I tell myself that, anyway. So, I wasn't surprised that I would be a mess that day. What surprised me was my reaction when Kayla Droxer talked about her biological father She discussed Dustin, a volunteer that she was working with, and that took some time to sit with her and talk. He asked her about her testimony, and he asked to pray for her. And Kayla stated, he prayed for things I didn't know I needed prayer for. And prayed that she would forgive her biological father for not really being in her life. Thank you, Kayla, for allowing me to share this. Uh, in that moment, I didn't realize how triggered I was from not having my biological father in my life. As a child, I did not know what a father could be. I knew a father wasn't present, and he didn't feel like he loved me enough to be there for me. As I grew older, I told myself I didn't need a father. I was raised by strong women who were independent, and they did it without men. <laughs> my poor brother in a house full of women. <laughs> I just have to like... So um, I still believe today that when you're faced with an absent father or a husband, that you can do it without a man present. But what wasn't true was believing that I didn't need a father. I did need a father. Someone to love me unconditionally and feel protected by. I just didn't know who I was looking for. I feel like I've been searching my whole life. I used to view searching in a very negative way. Like, why can't I get myself together? And shouldn't I know by now what I want? Searching for a father wasn't a priority for me and it felt helpless. I wasn't going to find him and he wasn't looking for me. I was wrong. He was looking for me and he loved me. It just took me a little while to realize it. A journey I'm still on today. I want those that are without their earthly fathers and those that do have fathers to know that you are loved completely by God, our Father. And he's here here for you. He's listening, and he knows you, and he's within you. In Ephesians 3.12, it says, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently in his presence, in God's presence. This is something I tell myself all the time. Like, I can do this. You give me the confidence, not me. God sent his son to establish a closer relationship with him. I want to have that relationship with God the Father that I will come to him before all things first. To build my relationship and have the confidence to trust him in all things. To do this, I know I need to be in his word, surround myself with mentors that will redirect me to him, and trust he is who he says he is. I always thought I was trusting, and in some ways, it came very easy for me. But after spending some time in therapy, I realized I, wasn't allowing, I, was, out, I was allowing other things to fill my life. One big vice for me is food. I used it as a coping mechanism for as long as I can remember. When I was younger, I think it was my way, the way for my great-grandmother, Molly with an E, as she always said, to care, to show care and love. When we turn to anything or anyone instead of God first, we'll always be feeling empty. Anyway, another way I sought out love was by doing. I felt like I had to do to be loved. If I wasn't busy, then who, what was my purpose? If I didn't jump in to help, who was I? In counseling, I realized that by always doing or jumping in, I'm taking God's role. I was being my own God, and I did this mostly because if I didn't do it, then who would? I was, it was prideful and also a shield. If I acted, then wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have to reflect or trust that things would be the way they were meant to be. So our Bible, uh, the Bible, also, picking a Bible verse is very difficult. (laughs) There's so many ones. I was like, Karen, when do I have to have this Bible? Karen, when do I have to have this So difficult, and there's so many. Um, But I picked 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. And, of course, I had my paper to read it again, and then I don't know where I put it. Here it is. So it says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. So I I've, I've totally lost my place, but there it goes. So what great love, oh, I did write it there. I know God has always been calling to search for him and build my relationship with him. It is so difficult not to be distracted in the world we live in, especially when you have young children. <laughs> so it feels so difficult always. And I feel like I'm the most distracted person in the world, so like, easy to be distracted. But if we take a step back and make God a priority in our lives, and discover what we are holding on to, it is truly such a gift. And I know for me, I cannot do it on my own, and I do not have to. My prayer for today is that you take some time to reflect on your relationship with God our Father, and find one way you can become closer with Him. For me, it's surrounding myself with mentors that will redirect me to Him praising him in song and reminding myself of his messages, and loving like he loves in any way I can. I found this quote from Tim Keller that reads, God sees us as we are, loves us as we are, and accepts us as we are. But by his grace, he does not leave us where we are. To me, this is so powerful and a reminder that even when we feel the journey is moving too slowly, and off course, our impatient people, right, to remind us that we, if trusting God is what we need to do to move forward. So music at church um, has always been my, was my, always my first faith experience. And it gave me an outlet when my world felt like it was spinning. Because of that, my closing prayer would be Child of God by Fresh Life Worship. In whatever way you feel led, by praying, listening, meditating on these truths, be filled with his spirit and know that you are loved. I don't, I don't have to put on a show for you. I don't have to fight to be loved by you. I don't have to wait for your full attention. And I don't have to wonder if you are listening. I only need to trust that. You mean what you say I only need to tell you and me have your way this love you will never turn away your children you will never hold back your forgiveness and you will never break a single promise i only need to trust that you mean what you say i only need to tell you Don't hesitate to find me when I'm at my worst. You meet me in the middle when I'm insecure. You only need to tell me who you see when you look at me. I'm a child.